you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and this is Man Blues. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing stereotypes. So the reason for this episode came purely from a very brief conversation I had with a female... I'm trying to remember if it was my sister or someone from work or whoever. Somebody said to me... They were telling me a story, and they said something along the lines of, oh, this light came on in my car, and they wanted me to tell them what light meant. Now, my standard response to situations like these nowadays is as follows. If only there was some international database of knowledge we could query. Essentially, that's my shorthand for saying, just look on the internet. Google's bound to have something that it will tell you or will understand about your problem. But, as I've said many, many times before to many, many different people about many, many different things, the problem with the, with the internet and with Google is that if you don't formulate your question correctly, you will not necessarily find the immediate correct answer. However, this lady just assumed that because I'm a man, I will understand what the problem is with her car because all men know everything about technology, they know everything about mechanics, they know everything about everything that women are not expected to know about. So she was doing two different people a disservice at that point. She was putting herself down by suggesting that she's not clever enough to understand what's wrong with the car, and she was putting men down by suggesting that all men know what's wrong with her car. So that got me thinking about these horrific male stereotypes. I toyed with a few ideas of what I believe to be stereotypical male attributes or male characteristics that people would expect men to do. And it started in the supermarket and I will get to that in a moment. But males, for me, are supposed to be beer-swilling sex fiends. They're supposed to be into sports and supposed to have an unhealthy attitude towards women. So if I tackle those individually, one example I have is I quite enjoy gin with tonic, and there's a pub chain here in the UK that's very helpful for you sitting down and ordering food from an app, and they bring it to your table. However... What tends to happen is, uh, my wife and I, pre-lockdown, we used to go into this place fairly regularly and we would have lunch, and during that lunch I would order myself a gin and tonic, and inevitably the gins I prefer tend to be the more flowery, fruity flavoured ones, so I tend to order them with a lemonade, which means that they come with lots of ice and a big coupe glass. Not a very masculine drink, but when you're in a pub in the UK, there is an expectation that the man is drinking the pint and the lady's drinking the lady's drink. So when we sit down to have this meal, and the food is presented to us and the my wife orders a coffee and I order a coffee and then the gin arrives, it's automatically placed in front of the woman. That's done by the person on the wait staff in the pub because they've decided there's no possible way that this bear of a man, this hulk of a man as I am because I'm a fat, overweight, hairy guy, this bulk of a man is not going to want to drink the gin. That's clearly for the lady at the table, so they put the drink in front of her. So then we move on to sports. I mean, I've already mentioned the pub, 
the pub is a great place to discuss sports because that's what men tend to tend to do. I have to admit, I was a little. Um, I, I'm not going to rant on about COVID because COVID was COVID. We, you know, people dealt with it correctly or incorrectly, whatever they did. When we came out of in the UK, when we came out of the first lockdown, what people were most excited about was being able to go back to the pub. And I hadn't, genuinely hadn't realised just how much pub culture was permeating into UK culture. However, when I do go to the pub, and if I do even suggest something along the lines of, like, the local football team, they may have cheaper tickets that particular weekend, and I suggest to some friends, do we fancy going to watch the football? There is then sort of an almost immediate expectation that I know the teams inside out I know who's going to be playing, I know their strengths and weaknesses, I know their history in that team, I know how well they're doing that season, I know how many points they need, how many points they've got, whether they're bitter rivals with those opponents that weekend, I'm supposed to know everything. I also don't suggest let's go watch the football because I want to do something particularly masculine, it's not that, sometimes I just enjoy the spectacle. I've been to a few football games, and the ones I find I enjoy the most are the ones where I don't care about the results. However, when I then suggest to my friends, let's go and watch this match, they were like, oh right, are you particularly against that team? Are you particularly for that team? No, I'm indifferent. Well, why are we going then? What do you mean, why are we going? Are we not allowed to just watch it for a spectacle? No. As a man, you're expected to know everything about the team, everything about the manager, everything about all the transfers in and out, and everything about all the people and how they train and where they train. One of the things I always considered to be a rite of passage for a young man in the UK was that first day when you went into the betting shop and you put down a bet. Now, there's a tradition in the UK for betting on what's called the Grand National. It's a horse race that happens every year. Um, and it's one of those things where ordinary people who never put a bet on in their lives will bet on this race because it's just one of those things. It's tradition. It's fun. People bet on it. The very first time I went into a bookmaker's, into a bookie's, to put down a bet, I had no idea what I was doing, and I felt totally out of my depth, and it's one of those totally uber-male places that's just over-swimming with testosterone when you walk in. If you don't know what you're doing, you just feel inept, and I have to admit, even though when I went into the first ever betting shop I went into, I went in with a friend of mine who used to work in a betting shop, I still felt ill at ease. I had no idea what I was doing. I was frightened to death. I was shaking and nervous because it's one of those places where you make one mistake and you can be ridiculed by everyone in the room. But it's that thing where those people in that room who have been in the betting shop all their lives and that's all they've ever done, they know how to place a bet. So when they find out that someone who doesn't know how to place a bet, they'll laugh at you, they'll snicker, they'll do all kinds of things because they conveniently forget their first time in the bookies when they didn't know what to do. And that's what I find is probably the worst thing about males, is that we don't support each other. We never get behind each other's back and help each other out. As a father, I think the most supportive thing I can do for my son is, I mean, I've complained before about, you know, fathers being wallets and so on. Not on about that. As the most supportive thing I can do for my son is I can just walk him through these particular steps for things and just basically say, this is what's expected, this is what you'll need to do, this is what to foresee coming your way. Because that's the most supportive any man can be to any other man, is to just basically say, see this environment that you're not familiar with, that's where you need help, so I'm going to help you with what I know, take it on board if you want it, disregard it if you want to, I'm not bothered, but these are my experiences of this situation. Problem is, that then leads on to the further progression which brings us nice circularly, circuitously back to the start of this podcast where then everyone assumes that all males know everything about all these situations. 
So I don't know how to fix your car, and I don't know what the light on your dashboard means, because I'm not a mechanic. I don't work with cars, that's not my forte. But, that said, there are certain stereotypes of men that I just can't get behind. I did some research, as ever, for this podcast about stereotypical gender roles for men, and I was not disappointed, and I was a little surprised. So, quoting directly from the website I found, which was the first search on Google, men don't do household chores, Uh, men should be financial providers for their family, heterosexuality and homophobia, a gay guy is not a real man, straight guys should not have gay friends, hypersexuality, a real man has many sexual partners, and a real man never says no to sex. I realise that the way I've just read that out could be clipped and posted and go viral and Christ knows what else as me actually spouting those as being values I hold. They're not. Deal with them one at once. Uh, Men don't do household chores. That's crap. I do lots of household chores. In fact, I've talked about it at length before that I'm just not like your ordinary stereotypical man because I do help out in the house. Men should be the financial providers for their family. Should be. My wife earned more than me for a long time. A long time and I was more than happy with that it didn't bother me in the slightest that whenever we went anywhere it was coming out of her wallet didn't bother me and it shouldn't bother you because if you're the sort of person who feels bad that you don't earn more than your wife get over yourself heterosexuality and homophobia a gay guy is not a real man I would argue that a gay guy is more of a man than a a heterosexual man I've said to my son many times because I'm not going to force any gender stereotypes on my son if he was to come home and tell me he was he was gay not a problem that doesn't bother me at all because that would be his choice his preference and his happiness and that's ultimately all anybody wants they just want their kids to be happy however how I ha- what I have said to my son is the good thing about a man is a man knows his way around the equipment so for someone venturing into the sexual world you know there are those stories about girls you know handling the equipment wrong in the exact same way that men handle the equipment wrong. A man knows his way around a male equipment, so he knows what he's doing. So, about them being real men is absolute horse poop. Straight guys shouldn't have gay friends. I don't see why they shouldn't. Because a gay man doesn't necessarily fancy you, you heterosexual male. That's not what it's about. Just because somebody's gay doesn't mean that you're automatically on their fantasy list. Because imagine that, that shame of unrequited love, that that gay man that's in your circle of friends fancies you, but you're not gay, so you're never going to fall in love with them. That's pretty tragic for the gay person there. So they're not after you because they know you're not gay. Hypersexuality. A real man has to have as many sexual partners as possible. Well, I fell through that loop immediately, very, very quickly by being fat. It never happened for me, so I, I never had that desire to go out and have as many sexual partners as possible. So for hypersexuality, as far as that's concerned, that's absolute. Uh, Those men who feel that they have to go out and have as many sexual partners as possible, I pity you. I don't envy you, I pity you. Because it means that you're never ever going to have the companionship that I had with my wife this morning where we were laying in bed while she was doing her hieroglyphs homework and I was lying in there in bed reading a book and we were just in bed together. You're never going to have that because you'll have the desire to leave that room as quickly as possible upon the next bus. A real man never says no to sex. Well, do you know what? Men get tired. Men get headaches. Men are just sometimes not into it. Libido is a thing that can disappear. And if you're ever visited by the melty man, you have to say no. Which leads me on to my story that brought me to this episode in the first place. So I was in the card shop because it was my wife's birthday recently and I was trying to buy her a card. And I just, I don't know, I'm becoming, I'm, I'm becoming I think, hyper aware of things since I've started doing this podcast. Um, We're on episode 19 now, by the way, so if you've been listening this long and you started at the beginning, thank you for sticking with it. 
um, hopefully you're getting some benefit from it because I have to admit in advance and I know it's already dragging on to you know, been quite a long podcast so far I haven't got any positivity at the end of this one I'm afraid because I couldn't find any positivity because the problem with stereotypes is they cannot be killed a stereotype exists because it's a cliche a cliche is a stereotype stereotype cliche they must always exist so I'm in the card shop looking for a birthday card for my wife and I just happened to glance down the aisle and I noticed the aisle broken down into series of series of sections there was a children's section there was the women's section and a men's section the men's section was half the size of the women's section now ordinarily you could argue well that's sexist because there are fewer men's cards no consider more that what that meant was in the women's section there were more things being celebrated because it was more about the fact that in the women's section there was Mother's Day, then there was Grandmother's Day, which they would have had cards for Father's Day and Grandfather's Day, or whatever they call them. No, it's because more of the things seemed to be celebrated for women, but they were celebrated in different ways. So, for instance, you wouldn't get a card for a man to say congratulations on your pregnancy. Wouldn't happen, right? Because you wouldn't... And we've talked about pregnancy before. Men are not even considered in the pregnancy, which is fine. But... When you think about all the other cards that are celebrated for women, and then you, you then understand why the male section is smaller. But guess what? One of the stereotypes of men is that we are inept at buying gifts and we are inept at getting cards. So when it comes to getting a gifts card, and you walk up to that women's section that is twice the width of the men's section, and you're trying to figure out which card you need, you're inevitably going to buy a terrible card because you've got so much choice. And don't even get me started, by the way, and I don't understand what this is about. I think this is a much deeper cultural thing that's in the UK, but I genuinely don't understand why nearly every birthday card that you can get for anybody of a certain age has to mention alcohol and being drunk. I mean, the Muslim community must just absolutely despair of that. When my nephew was 18 a few years ago, I struggled to get a card that didn't mention getting drunk. It was genuinely nigh on impossible. There was one card in the entire pack of Happy 18 that didn't mention drinking. And it was the most boring card there. That's just me getting on my hobby horse there about card shops. Anyway, I walked up to the card shop and you know, I started thinking, are men easier to please? Are women harder to understand? But then I realized it's just because it's men are more likely to pick a nice card if there's more choice because we literally pick and dash. And that's what the card shop was about. But that made me think about clothes shops as well. Now, I've, I'm really lucky with my wife. We don't do clothes shopping the way that the stereotypes clothes shopping is. You know, where you've got the man trudging behind the woman, basically just a pack mule, carrying all the bags. And then very recently, I, I want to say sort of in the last 10 years, the uh, introduction of chairs near the changing areas. Now, those chairs are not for the old and the infirm. They're for the men. They put them there just so that men have somewhere to sit while they're waiting for their significant other to try on all the various different outfits. And I just thought, yeah, because somebody's understood that there's a series of men sitting around, standing around, just getting more and more antsy, more and more upset about the fact that they're not doing what they'd rather do, which it turns out, according to you know UK culture, they'd rather be in the pub watching some football and drinking a beer. They're not actually being able to do what they want to do. They're having to sit around and wait for their wives to get changed. And I just started thinking, why is that even a thing? Why do men have to wait outside the changing room for the women? My wife and I, we agreed years ago that we were not going to be doing this together because she knew it was boring for me and I knew there was nothing I could contribute to that situation because no matter what my opinion is on the outfit, it won't match her opinion. 
because it doesn't it never will maybe she'll try on that blue shirt and I'll say yeah that looks really good it's a really nice cut and all the rest of it and I've got pretty decent opinions on clothes it's all very good but if she's tried it on and she's not sure she likes it and I say I like it that's an end of the discussion she's just going to take it off and not buy it and the amount of times I've seen men walk into stores sit around waiting for their significant others to come out with something and he goes yeah that looks really nice because he's trying to get a finality to it yes it looks nice buy it let's move on and then she just goes no I don't know what occasion I'd wear this for, goes back in, changes, gets back out in her old clothes, comes back and they walk straight out, not having bought a thing. In that whole time he's been sat there 15-20 minutes waiting for her to try things on and she bought nothing. So we decided early doors that if she needed to go clothes shopping, she was going to go on her own, she was going to try things on, she was going to take photographs of herself in the mirrors and she was going to send me those photographs while I was elsewhere and then I would say to her yes or no and then it would tie in with what she felt about that particular outfit. That works for us, a treat. So if we're looking for Positivity Corner on today's episode, which is tricky because, as I say, stereotypes are cliches and they have to exist. We cannot get rid of them. But anyway, that, that's my suggestion for that, you know, with regards to that. It, it's You don't need to be sat there, gentlemen. You don't need to be sat outside. And if she tells you that you sitting outside is being supportive, it's not. Ask her exactly how you are being supportive by sitting outside the changing rooms of a department store while she tries on a blouse how are you being supportive by sitting there and just saying yes I like it to which she disagrees there's no support whatsoever you may as well have an agreement between the two of you that if she needs to go clothes shopping then she can go clothes shopping on her own while you go to a store you want to go to anything that's basically not you sitting around wasting your free time because it is a waste and if the women in your lives don't acknowledge that they're wasting your time by having you sit outside that changing room I don't know how to help you this has not gone honestly this episode has not gone the way I thought it would do I, I genuinely feel that if I were to I have to listen back to this because I do some editing and some of the editing will be first of all me cutting out all the err uh, that I say because I have a nice little filler where I was just err uh, in the middle of all these sentences I try to cut out a lot of those so they sound a little more fluid but also I cut out coughs I cut out splutters I cut out any kind of trips over words there's various bits and pieces that I do editing on so that I mean I'm looking at a clock on here and it's currently telling me it's 25 and a half minutes of podcast now I know that's not true because there's a bit at the beginning I need to cut off which is the intro then there's all the bits of all the coughs and all the mistakes and so on but this is looking like being one of the longer ones I've done for a while only because I don't quite know where I'm going with it I don't quite know how to how to get out of it I don't quite know where to go but also, I know that it has derailed itself a few times as I've been talking along. I'm reading from notes. I make notes for every episode. I'm reading from those notes. I said probably about 15 minutes ago there is not going to be a positive out to this other than you have to talk. And that is pretty much the underlying statement on most of these podcast episodes. Talk. If you can't talk to your significant other, and it's got to be spoken, you've got to do it in an adult way. You can't go into the conversation and just go, I don't want to sit outside the waiting room, I'm going to go somewhere else, you go there on your own. That's not how to handle it. What you basically say is, you just say, it's a waste of both our times that I'm dragged around these stores, and I'm made to sit outside to give you an opinion you don't want. Why don't you instead take photos of yourselves, and then moreover, I mean, we live in a selfie world anyway, she's probably going to be happy to take photos, and why don't you try and encourage something like, you know, take some lingerie and try on a bra and take some photos of that and send it to me, then you've got a bit of spice, you know, I don't know, might work, might not work, so, I'm, I don't know, how do I end this? 
Because normally I like to say something like, I'm Leon Deggs and I've got something that's poignant to this episode. Or, I'm Leon Deggs and I am something that's relative to this episode. This episode's about stereotypes. Alright, let's try this one. And I'm genuinely going to leave all this blathering at the end. So, I'm Leon Deggs, and I'd like a gin and tonic. Thanks for listening. <laughs>